You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 64 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host and good buddy, Lee Fields. How you doing, friend? My father was born in 1964. Oh, well, let's take a moment, shall we? Yeah. Uh, moment of remembrance. He's still alive. Yeah, he is. But remembering the year of his birth. Yes. Yeah. So um, it's kind of strange that we haven't done one of these in a couple of weeks because we had a little thing called Easter yes. in the middle of all the last stuff. And strangely enough, I'm a little... We need to talk about Jay hijacking the podcast for a second. That's right. Because, first of all, there's no way we could have gotten Bob Goff on the MXU podcast. No. And yet, somehow, Jay Desai just calls him up and says, hey, what are you doing right now? Let's have a conversation. And he makes it happen. So, that was awesome. Yeah. So, now we've kicked Jay off. He's gone forever. It's just us today. Just us. I don't care who you have. You get Jay-Z on this podcast without telling us you're fired. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So so not true. I thought it was awesome, and I thought Bob was incredible. I, I, left, I left listening to it with so many questions. I wish I had been a part of the conversation because it's like, well, I want to talk to Bob Goff too. Come I on, know. guys. Yeah, so now Jay's got all these other ideas of people he wants to get on and all these hijack episodes. And a couple people he threw out these names, I'm like, I want to talk to them. Yeah. First, my first question was, how in the world do you have a connection to that person? Right. And then second, this needs to not be a hijack because I want to be in that conversation. I know so, they're like celebrities and like they're like world famous people. I know. So be on the lookout, folks, because apparently Jay now has access to the podcast upload login, and so who knows what's coming? We're we're gonna we're gonna see what's happening. Yeah. So Easter happened. Easter happened, and um, it was, you know, he is risen indeed. It was a great weekend for a lot of people. Yep. I was really proud, actually, to look across the internet and see so many people doing great stuff and looked great, sounded great. You know, a lot of people have obviously learned a lot in the last year. I wonder where they learned all that from. Well, I'm not exactly sure, but I know we've been talking about a lot of ways to make their stuff better. So yeah, hopefully some of it came from from what they learned from us. But I think we're not going to take credit. But. Well, you took all the credit. You sent me a text and said, "Isn't it great that we single handedly have raised the bar in church production?" <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. That's the last thing you would say. Actually, that's why that's, it's funny. That's my mo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anybody who knows me knows that that would be exactly what I would say. Yeah, not. But anyway, you guys had a, a great Easter we, in some ways. In some ways, we had a good Easter. In some ways, it, was, it wasn't it was fun, which we could talk about. Yeah, but, so we need to talk about that for a minute. Um, in the good ways, it was, you know, we had a room that was full of people. And, you know, whatever, whatever you want to think about that, good or bad, it, it was still good to see people in church because yeah. they chose they wanted to go. So that's one thing. And, you know, for a lot of people, a lot of churches, there were a ton of people who made Easter their first Sunday back in yes. over a year. Yeah. You know, they were kind of waiting on restrictions to ease and then decided, okay, well, even if we're mildly uncomfortable, we can at least go on Easter. Right. So I think there were a lot of churches who probably had the first people they had in a room 
live in person for a long time. So yeah, that's for sure. I, I, I hope that that felt great for a lot of people. We had a couple that have been you know members of the church since day one. You know, twenty something years. Um, they're in their early nineties. World War oh, wow. II vet. And they got their vaccines, which, you know, at that age, you need that vaccine, really. Yeah. And so he the, he and his wife got the vaccine, and they came back to church. They actually came the week before Easter. It was their first time back. But our pastor sent a limo to their house. Oh, that's so great. And I know. Isn't that cool? And then brought them to church in a limo and had rolled out red carpet from the curb all the way to the doors of the church. It was pretty cool. Oh, that's amazing. I love hearing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then I don't even know how to get into this. You know what happened. So why don't you? Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to, I think it's a good conversation to have because it illustrates some of the kind of communication gaps that we see a lot Yeah. in, in small churches in big churches in churches that have been doing big stuff for a long time Yeah. and some who are just trying new things for the first time. Yeah. And I think it illustrates, you know. So we're not we're not here to throw anybody under the bus or to talk bad about leadership or anything like that. But there's an opportunity to kind of learn, yeah, um, from what happened with your situation. So you guys were trying to do something super creative, yeah, and you had this idea to do a water screen on stage. Yeah, someone else had the idea actually to give some context about our situation because you'll think, how in the world does a church like that have this problem? Um, we have a bunch of campuses. And we used to be very tightly centrally managed, yep. and that has changed. So over the last two years or so, each campus has become more and more autonomous. So everything except for worship, kind of, even worship's becoming a bit more autonomous, and like finance and HR, everything else is whatever the campus wants to do. Now, they have some like core core values and like imperative ministry things that campuses have to do. Like you got to do camps in the summer for kids. Like you can't be one of our churches and not do that. But then there's some things that are like optional, like, Hey, we'd prefer you to do these things. And then we have some things that are like, we don't do this. Like we abstain from these. They're actually called IPAs. There's certain guardrails that are in place that you just, you can't go outside these bounds, but within those guardrails, you have a lot of freedom. Right. For example, you don't all do the same worship set. You no. don't all do the same, maybe sometimes even order of service is a little bit different. Totally or is. Teaching is different or whatever. Yeah. So and it's not video. It's there are there are campus senior pastors, is what they are called, at yep. each campus who run their own staff, they hire their own staff. But with worship, um, my partner and I that oversee all the worship for all the campuses, we're involved in hiring and like, hey. Let's check the theology on that song, you know, but we're not like micromanaging stuff, right? So, yeah. so all that to say, whatever a campus wanted to do for Easter was on them. Okay. But if it's not good, it's on me. Like that comes back to me. So if a worship yeah. pastor is like missing the mark, then their campus pastor would come to me. Okay. And you'll hear about it. Yeah. 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 So um, we had a campus um, worship leader called me and was like, hey, you've got this crazy idea. And this is like two weeks before Easter, so it's already pretty tight. And he wanted to do something I've never seen done before. And it was okay. like a giant gla- piece of glass to cover the entire stage opening. And like some writing happened on it. 
and then it somehow cracks and falls down and reveals the stage. So instead of like a kabuki, almost think of like frosted sugar or not really glass that would like hurt someone, but he was yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. think like, is there a material like you'd see at like Disney that they crack and drop? Like that was his thinking. An opaque kind of curtain, right? but have it be rigid and solid so that it could literally shatter yes. and reveal. Yeah. Okay. So two weeks out, there's a time constraint there and certainly budget with that amount of time to come up with something like that. So instead of just saying, no, let's not do anything, that transitioned to, well, we could do a water curtain. Okay. Thank you, Transformation, Daniel Cannell, Stephen Kramer for the inspiration. Right. Um, so the guys at the campus at this point, I'm out of this. I just gave them some thoughts and, you know, the worship leader and I kind of went, okay, let's try, let's try water curtain. So he went and met with his team and they came up with a plan to go to Home Depot and build this thing themselves. So completely DIY. Yeah. Like, no, they're not going to rent this huge thing from a production company that would provide this over-engineered thing. It right. Was, what can we do that would be down and dirty, DIY, that could be effective? Yes. Now, they did call a rental house in the Bay Area, a special effects company that had one, a mobile one, or not mobile, but a rental one, and it was 30000 bucks for the week is what it was going to cost. Probably not worth it. I, you know, probably not. And, you know, budget constraints at campuses right now. They put a, there's a whole tent outside too. So like we spent a ton of money at this campus on an outdoor service for people to feel safe outside. So that's where a lot of the money went. So um, one of our guys on our facilities team and Joey on the production team, they kind of teamed up and went, let's go get this done at Home Depot. So they went to Home Depot and spent $249, I think. I've got the receipt, the pictures of this, on the irrigation supplies. Okay. And then about $500 in lumber to build a trough and made this thing happen. So so for less than 1000 bucks, they have yeah. this incredible effect that you could yeah. project on, you could light, you could make it, you know, any number of things yes. design-wise, and it was super compelling and effective. Yeah, so the idea was let's set it up and test it outside first. You know, they were going to use a forklift to hang it up in the air at the right height, check everything. Because you're talking water on stage. Yeah, like, yeah. There's precautions you have to take. And here's where it got interesting. So because the campuses have decentralized, have their own leadership teams, everything's very different than it was two years ago, okay? Well, word of this water curtain gets to people outside of the production team that are, I don't even say middle management, but like if there's a layer above middle management, but but below the senior level, like yeah. that level on the campus, and man, they shut it down over safety issues. Okay. But how it happened was they were told the plan, to, we're going to have a water curtain on stage. And immediately a few people were like, nope, not doing it. That's unsafe. So not having any idea what a water curtain even is. No. Or how it works or what the physics are that keep it contained or any of that. Right. Right. So it gets shut down. Um, I get a phone call from our team at that campus and they let me know like, hey, it's getting shut down. And I'm a bit frustrated by that because I'm like, well, who shut it down? And you hear the people and I'm like, why are people in the X, Y, and Z department even speaking into this? This That's strange, first of all. But then second, do they 
do they not realize that we're not going to do anything unsafe? Like I wouldn't let that happen. Right. And I, in my head, I already know how this is going to go. I know about the lights on stage, the IP ratings. I know where the electrical is. Like there's a safe way to do this. Yeah. So, um, took a risk and campus worship leader and I called the guys and we got a little, little phone call real quick. And I just said, guys, can you trust me for a minute? And they're like, yeah. And I said, I still want you to set it up, do it anyway. Outside. Set it up outside in the parking lot and let's still get it tested. And we're like the week of Easter at this point. Okay. So they're like, okay. But they had already bought the materials and they were already yeah. ready to go. So they, it's it was done. just a matter of taking the time to do it at this point. Which is a lot of time. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about building a, I'll t- I'm going to tell you about the design in a second, but it takes a lot of time to build this thing. Um, so we hang up and they're, they're starting to build it. Well, the next day, now it's probably Tuesday at this point. Yeah, I think this is Tuesday. The same group of uh, bureaucrats, as I'll refer to him from here on, uh, <laughs> Not only did they shut it down again, they called an electrician to get his opinion on it. Wow. And when they convey this to the electrician, what do you think they said? Hey, is it safe to put a 30-foot water curtain on stage with all of our other audio, video, and lighting equipment? And the electrician was like, absolutely not. That's not safe. You can't have people anywhere near that. A couple thousand people in the room. Nope, can't do it. So then it's really shut down. And now, like, campus pastors know about it, and the electrician's telling the campus pastors, like, this is not safe. So then I get back. uh, I get a phone call again from the worship leader. Hey, it's really shut down because an electrician said no. So then I just start firing off text, and I'm freaking mad. Yeah. And I'm texting the campus pastors. You texted me, and you were like, you're not going to believe this. I text Daniel Cannell. I text you. There were curse words involved. I mean, I'm fired up. Yeah. Because I feel like, Part of the reason that our church is the way it is is because we acted the opposite of what we were. You know, it was, we're not tearing holes in roofs anymore. Now we're just turning into like every other safe church. And I don't mean, sorry if that offends you, but yeah. it's that's not Bayside. It's not who we are, you know. And it really bothered me what was happening. So I start firing off text messages to the campus pastor, to the executive pastor, and I'm like, and I'm saying those things. I'm like, y'all are acting like bureaucrats, not barbarians. This is not Bayside. I have no idea why people in this department are making decisions for us. I wouldn't put our team in danger. This is definitely possible. And I, and I said, the, the most frustrating part is the decision not to do this is being made without the full understanding of what it is. So if you want to send your electrician because that's what they said. They're like, you, if, Lee, if you get the electrician to approve this, we'll do it. And I said, okay. And if he says no, and I find two more that say yes, is that okay? And they were like, <laughs> sure, majority rules, you know. <laughs> so, by the way, it's not even set up yet. No one's even seen it. That's the worst part of all this. So, the guys are being told no based on something that's not even been set up, that no one's even explained correctly. So, I call the guys back again. And I say, freaking hang it up. Put it inside the building. Let's freaking do this. And I'll show these guys, me and the worship leader, we'll get the electrician in here tomorrow morning and we'll show him and I can prove to him that this is safe. So they set it up. It's Wednesday at this point. First services are on Thursday. Whoa. So all of our rehearsals are now gone because these guys have to get in there early in the morning and set all this stuff up. 
but we're just going for it at this point because we think it's going to be impactful and it we'll get to that it was. So they set it all up. We do a service on uh I don't remember what night it was. We do we do a service. It wasn't an Easter service, it was something else. And the executive pastor and campus whoa, 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 pastors were there. Rewind a little bit. Talk yeah. about what the electrician said when he was there and saw it. Well, he's not it's this hasn't happened yet. So I got that message like go get electricians. It was like four o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. But there's a service that night, not an Easter service. There was an event. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, I got to get some electricians tomorrow. So I'm like calling my buddies that are contractors, like I need an electrician to come in tomorrow and, and all this. Well, the service a couple hours later and um, the curtains installed at this point, it got in- installed all during that day. I'm getting my hours and days back, but you get the point. Yeah. Here. yeah. Um, events over campus pastor and executive pastor come out on stage and they're like, uh, so show me what this is. And I walk through it with them. And the worship leader, we're out there together. And like, it's going to drop here. There's a trough underneath the stage that's 30 foot wide and four feet deep. It's lined in five millimeter visqueen. It's tucked up to the stage. Nothing can leak out. Completely self-contained. Completely self-contained. By the way, there's no humans on stage while it's falling, right? It's only during the intro of the service. And the closest light is 18 feet away. And that light has an IP rating of X and X and X, you know, and it's not even a 220 fixture. It's 110, like all this stuff. And the executive pastor's like, oh, this is not what I was told it was. I'm like, that's my problem. So he said, oh, we don't even need an electrician. You guys can do this. Wow. Yeah. Oh, he did have some other questions. And he's like, so how much waterfalls? And Ben in facilities, he's awesome. He's like, uh, it's 10 gallons a minute is how much it drops. And if you think about that, that is not very much for a 30 foot trough. No, that's a couple feet wide. You're using more, you're using way more water in your bathrooms during that time that it's running than you are for the water itself to fall. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking two Home Depot buckets of water spread across 30 feet. It's not a lot. So once all that was said, it was like, oh, you guys can totally do this. This is totally safe. So we did it. And guess how much water even got spilled on the stage? Hardly any. Yeah. So they put steel grates, like a steel grated stage deck in place of the uh, wooden stage decks. Oh, yeah, because all your and decks tr- are portable anyway. So you could swap yeah. one out and not, right. not have anything right. completely disrupted. Yeah. So it worked. It went off fine. And everyone was glad we did it. But man, we lost... A full day of rehearsal, lost another rehearsal the next day. The first two services were pretty rough. Technically, we missed a bunch of cues and it didn't really go well, which I think is because we didn't get to rehearse. So yeah. we did our first two Easter services were really the first full run throughs we had done. And yeah. Wow. So so what's the lesson? Obviously, obviously, we want to learn from this and talk about the communication part. So what could have been done better on the front end to inform the right people who were trying to make these bad decisions so that it wasn't even an issue? That's a good question. I, I'm still going to have a follow-up meeting with the executive staff at that campus and just go, hey, some of you guys are new here. You just have to trust that me and this worship leader that have been here for almost 11 years, we know what we're doing. We yeah. know what's best for the church. Yeah. And you have to trust us. And your heart behind it is 
to make the most impactful and effective experience that you can for people who are coming. Yeah. And it's it's not like you're doing this just to be cool or just to try something new. It's like, no, this is an actually really good, really creative idea, and it's going to help us communicate the message of this service in a really powerful way. So, yep. again, it's about trust, and it's about, you know, you've earned not only the relational capital but the technical credibility over the years that if the right people had been in the conversation, they would have been like, oh, there's no way Lee is going to do anything irresponsible or dangerous. So right. let's at least try to make this thing work. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's hard to know because I was in it and I was so upset and I'm still pretty bothered by it. It's hard to like see on the other side the what should have happened yeah. yet. Well, and it's hard because you're you're in a position where right now you're still feeling the see I told you so, I was right. Yes. Yes. And it's a, it's emotional. It's it's it hard is. to be well, and honestly, the type of bureaucrat you're dealing with is not seeing any of the emotion. They're looking at a spreadsheet as a bean counter or as a right. you know a very exactly binary right. binary personality that says that'll never work. We're not doing it. And you know what? We need bureaucrats in the organization. Totally. You have to have them, or else, like a church like ours, we would be a mess yeah. without you know people in the organization going, "Hey, you can't do that," and here's why. Or if you want to do that, here's the best way. Um, you know, yeah, but you also need a skunk works type environment where there is an incubator for innovation that's available. You know, within those yeah. within those guardrails, obviously you're protected and you're doing all this stuff. But like we said earlier, within these guardrails, I want us to be as innovative and as experimental as possible because it's a great way to learn new things and reach new people in new and exciting ways. Yeah. So the most interesting thing that happened through all this actually was one of the other campuses, a smaller campus. Okay, the campus I'm talking about is the was the mothership at one point. They're yeah. trying not to use that word anymore because everybody's kind of because it's autonomous. not centralized and all that. Right? No, but it typically has triple the attendance of any other campus. Okay, okay? now another campus down the road, a third the size, spent three times as much on Easter as the big campus did. And they did some really cool stuff. I mean, it was really, really cool what they did. And their attendance percentage-wise was triple what the mothership was. Like they almost caught up at Easter. Wow. And so the culture over at that campus right now is very much like, you know, what I would consider like, no, that's what we should be doing. Like, look, look at this campus. So it's very interesting what's happening to see this like competitiveness between campuses of the same church. Wow. It's very interesting. Competitive in a good way though, like yeah, pushing yeah. each other, you know. Yes. Yeah, it's not a up it's not one upsmanship, it's just pushing each other to stay on that, you know, leaning forward, bleeding edge kind of experimental yeah. mentality. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Yeah, so that was my Easter. Well, you did another thing too that we need to talk about um, yeah, this past weekend. While you know, while I was enjoying, you know, the beauty of watching the Masters, 
you were in the middle of. Well, can we talk about the Masters for a second first? Well, yeah, well, yeah. Hold on. Why don't you back up to two weeks before the Masters? <laughs> what, what did you go do, Jeff? Well, so I I haven't talked about it and haven't posted about it, but I had the opportunity. I got invited to actually play at Augusta National, and I am still kind of in a dream state about it because I, I don't want to overstate it, but I don't think it's possible to overstate how much of an experience of a lifetime it was. I mean, yeah. I, I'm so grateful for the person who invited me and the way it all worked out. It was, it was amazing. Um, but just why the, don't you give the listeners a quick description of why it's so, why it is what it is to say you've played Augusta national. Um, well, for people who aren't golf fans or don't know anything about it, it's it's probably the most exclusive place to play golf in in the country for sure. But maybe even no, the in world. The, on the planet. Yeah, it's it's consistently the number one or number two ranked golf course in America. Um, it's the home of the Masters Golf Tournament, which is the most prestigious, I would say, of all of the majors in golf. Uh, the history and the just as a golf fan as a golfer, it's like it's it's mecca right it's it's yep. the place um but it's a very you know it's a very understated and very but you can't you can't go just sign up for a membership or play no, you can't join you have to be invited to join you can't just go and play it's extremely private it's one of the most exclusive private golf clubs in the world as a piece of real estate it's the most beautiful property you've ever been on i had been there um to attend a tournament round several times over the years. And you just walk on the place and it's like TV does not do this place justice. The rolling hills and the elevation changes and the quality of the greens and the, yeah. the fact that every blade of grass is perfect. It's like, this is like nothing else. But then to actually walk on the fairways and putt on the greens and hit shots on the course, it's like, if for those of you who are golfers and golf fans, um, it is exactly what you would imagine it to be and more. It's like I, I still don't even have the words to describe how magical it was. So, And you were just there on a normal Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday, yeah. And who did you see there? <laughs> <laughs> so one, one quick, a couple of quick stories. So one, you have to have a, neg a negative COVID test to be able to walk on the property. So they have a testing site set up across the street. And so you walk in, you get the nasal swab. And while you're waiting for your results, there's a little waiting room little clumps of chairs set up. So I sit down in one of the chairs and I look over to my right and there's a little group of four guys who are waiting for their test results so they can go play golf. They're being hosted by Lou Holtz, college football yeah. coach, Notre Dame legend. So he's just sitting there telling stories about Notre Dame and football and they're just talking like it's nothing. It's just a Tuesday morning and I'm going, that's Lou Holtz. So I, yeah. met, I met him on his way out of the, of the building, which was great. We get to the course, and of course, the whole experience is overwhelming. Um, we finish warming up to get ready to walk to the first tee. So you have to walk past number nine green, and there's guys standing there putting. First person to take his putt on the ninth green, I look up, and it's Peyton Manning. It's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. Awesome. And then we get to the tee, and the group who's teeing off right before us uh, is hosted by the CEO of AT&T. Well, like, there you go. Okay, these are not my typical people. So this is going to no. be quite a day. So anyway, yeah. it was 
it was awesome. So I am so grateful for the experience. And it was definitely the bucket list experience of a lifetime for me. So so two weeks later was the tournament, which was last week. Last week. Just so a few days ago. I'm sitting there watching the Masters, and I get a text from you. And you said, so um, I used a st- I used a trigger on my snare drum today, and I think I like it. Yeah. And I'm like, um, we need to talk about this. So I used a not just a trigger, but I used a sample live at front of house. Okay. So, yeah, that's what we need to talk about. Okay. So I was using microphones. So I was using a top and a bottom mic, but there's a rolling trigger that you can load multiple wave files on. Okay. And when you hit the drum and it activates the trigger, it sends that wave file out. Not eight different ones. Like it's not, there's no right. velocity. It's right. just, we're on number it's, one. It's sending that wave. It's a sample. Yeah. So you just kind of feather it in with your mic'd up drum sound. And it was pretty awesome. <laughs> okay. And you hate that I like it. I kind of hate that you like it. Um, <laughs> But I want to hear it because yeah, you know, and because we've talked about we've talked about sound replacement and samples for uh-huh. broadcast mix and all that, and so you know we've we've been down that road on other episodes. I'm intrigued by it. I'm just yeah, I'm you know it's and it's, it wasn't a it's like everything else we say. It's like just because you can doesn't mean that you have to, and it's not automatically yeah. necessary, and it's it's really an enhancement, and it's maybe a different thing, different color, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think I would like it if it was consistent enough and the same sample all the time. I think it'd be weird. Yeah. It'd be weird for me sonically if the sample changed every song. That kind of oh, thing. Yeah. That would be a little too contrived. But and a couple caveats. I I did it like at the last second, like in a run through. They're done, they're on their last song, and I knew it was patched. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna throw it on here, see what happens. Like I copied an EQ, pasted. I just real quick, and then just kind of threw the fader up, and was like, oh geez, should have been using this really the whole good. time. <laughs> yeah, I it's not in time, right? Because there's right there's extra latency involved, so I haven't gone through the painstaking process of getting everything back in time. So it was, I broke all the rules, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the sample is not a, like a full, beautiful snare sound. It was like a super deep floor tom with some strainers <laughs> and a tight gate on it. Got it. Like, it, I don't know that it would work by itself. It's really just augmenting the sound that you're already getting, adding a yeah. little bit of a different color as a layer to that sound. That's what it was. And see, yeah. I'll buy that. I'm like, okay, that, that to me makes sense. Um, as yeah. a as a full replacement, I would say, why don't we tune the drum that we have and make it sound really good and put the right mic on it and start there rather than just my first response is oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna replace that sound with a sample. Yeah, and another reason I wanted to try it was you know all these other conversations we've been having about DAWs and consoles. A big reason people want to use DAWs is for drum replacement. Right. Well, this Roland trigger, I'm going to look up the name of it. Um, it'll let you load multiple samples onto it. Yeah, you you sent it to me the other day. It's the Roland RT Mic S mic trigger. Yep, RT. RT, M-I-C-S. Yep. And it's 99 bucks. Yeah. 
So it's pretty cheap. I'm going to keep playing around with it. Aaron and I are going to do some testing, different kinds of samples, different sounds. You know, we'll see how far we take this. Yeah. But I like the idea of, oh, you want to replace your drum sounds? We'll just use these $99 triggers. Yeah. And you can still use a console. I'll so, buy that. And I have, yeah. I have one other thing that I need to clarify with you. Because yeah. there have been a lot of people posting, tagging MXU Rocks about how they've all started to now raise the frequency of the high-pass filter on their vocal. Yeah, I saw so that. Just, just to clarify, just so that Uncle Jeff can tell you guys, this is not a, like, your vocal is always going to sound awesome if all of a sudden your high-pass filter is now at 350. It's like, no. on the right vocal, at the right time, in the right context, you can mess with this. But yeah. we are not saying that Everybody's mix is going to be magic if they raise their high-pass filter on their vocal to 400 hertz. That's not no. the point of the post. So just fi figured I had to get that out there. Yeah, no, that's good. Thank you, Uncle Jeff. I, <laughs> I, I would also say I, a lot of the time I feel like people can go a little higher. Don't look at the number. Don't like look e at the with number. EQ, that's the point. Yeah. Yeah, don't look at the number. And I feel like the high pass filter, you're more likely to look at the number than with EQ. So if you cut out low mids on a vocal, you're a lot. I don't really go like, oh, I need to go to 350 and cut this. I just kind of get in that range and cut right. and just move it around till it's right. Yeah. But with a high pass filter, I know I turn it on and it's at 80 and I start rolling it up and mm -hmm. I stop at 180 or yeah. I stop at 220. You know what I mean? Like yep. you have a spot. Yeah. And I don't think that's smart. I think. It's going to be different for every person. It's going to be different for every PA. It's there's so many factors yeah. and every microphone. But the way I like PA tuned, if it's proper and has loads of LF in the air, I like taking that vocal high pass filter in that 200 range. But don't go throw yours to 200 and say, "Well, Lee said it would be better." It you might not need one. A lot of it depends on if the low frequency in your room is like if your subs are tuned as part of the left right or if they're on an aux or whatever like all of that stuff matters oh yeah and mine so, are yeah yeah so i i like subs on the left right way just, better just a good reminder anyway um i think we need to transition to our special guest for today i'm excited about this i am too so um we're kind of doing this in real time right now i just sent him the link to our meeting and so hopefully he'll just join us and we'll be able to jump right in so Let's see what and happens. And we've got some uh, really cool announcement to make sometime in this interview about a partnership we're doing That's right. with. Should we introduce him before he jumps on or think, wait till he's I think on? we should. And I think we need to kind of tell the story for people who haven't heard the backstory about our relationship with Steven. Um, and, you know, we'll just, we'll just start talking and he'll join us. So our guest today is Steven Aruda from MikeRentals.com. So... Yep. Why don't you kind of give the background on how we ended up getting to know Mike Rentals and how Stephen has become part of the MXU family and yep. all that. And then by the time we get that done, maybe he'll be with us and recording so we can just kind of jump in. Yeah. So I want to say it was our very first event Yeah, in Anaheim of 2016. Yep. You know, we're planning to do this event. We don't have any sponsors except for Summit. You know, they, I told that story recently. They like, they sponsored our travel to do our first event. Like, that's how small we were. And Andrew Stone kept saying, 
well, I've got a guy who's going to come, this new company that's opened up. They're actually here in Tulsa. You guys will love them. Don't worry about it. It was That was kind of Andrew's thing. Like, hey, I'm doing something. Don't worry about it. I got it. Yeah. And so and, when, he, when he said that, he said, yeah, my buddy Steven from Mike Reynolds is going to come and be a part of this thing. And so we're thinking- No, 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 no. That's not what he said. He said, no, Mike Reynolds is coming. I'm like, oh, no, no, okay, no, no. cool. You heard Mike Reynolds- he yeah, said I Mike did. Rentals, but the T was apparently not as hard as it needed to be because we show up in Anaheim and you're like, so where's Mike Reynolds? Yeah. And Andrew's like, who? <laughs> you said. I'm like, Mike Reynolds. Mike Reynolds. M-I-K-E-R-E-Y-N-O-L-D-S. Mike <laughs> Reynolds. <laughs> and he is just laughing. And he's like, no, Stephen owns MikeRentals.com. <laughs> so, without further ado, from that yeah, from that point forward, <laughs> Stephen Aruda to Lee and me has been known as Mike Reynolds. Stephen, welcome. We're so glad you're here, and we can't wait to talk to you today. Yay! Oh, this is too fun. <laughs> wow, quite the story. I had no idea we were even on Andrew's radar as far as being connected to that. Uh, to that event, my word. I just remember being in his office, being semi-nervous, semi-anxious, and be like, hey, uh, is is there an event that we should be like at or doing? And he's like, I, I have an event. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and the first one was uh, Chicago 2016. And uh, okay, yeah, Brendan Yip called me Mike Reynolds. <laughs> it's like, it's yes, good to see you too. It's actually Steven. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for being a part of this conversation today. So for people who don't know, why don't you just clue everybody in on what you guys do, how you're wanting to help people, what, you know, just kind of some of the backstory and the background behind how you got started with your company and what you're what you're doing for folks. Yeah. I I worked at Willie George Ministries and Church on the Move for uh 10 years, about seven Seven of those years was um, uh, uh, under Andrew Stone. I was actually the technical director for Dry Gulch USA, our full-time camp. Um, and it was during our last summer, I, my last summer, I had no idea it was going to be my last summer. Um, I was needing to rent lenses uh, to do a, a, a video. And I was like, well, I got to record audio too. So I was like, I need to rent some mics. Well, there, of course, there's a lensrentals.com, which everybody uses. Uh, and, well, I was like, is there a micrentals.com? And I looked it up, and it wasn't it wasn't there. Like, it was parked. Like, you know, a domain company owned it. So I was like, weird. Why would no one be doing this right now? So I just jotted it down, went about my business. And finally, when my wife was having twins, um, <laughs> I had some time to think. And... Uh, I thought about that idea came across my mind again. So I was like, let me check it out. Is MikeReynolds.com still available? And sure enough, it was just sitting there. And I was like, man. Uh, so I, I, I um, got a hold of a smart board that I could just, just brain dump ideas on. And I wrote down everything from how the website, how the website needs to, should look if I did it, who my partners need to be, 
um, what uh, brands I want to carry from the get-go, how we're going to be different, all that stuff. And I just thought of the bad experiences that I had with rentals. You know, you get some in-ears and it's floating around in a case with earbuds that somebody just used but never got cleaned, um, inconsistencies, all that stuff. Just no care. No one. I felt like no one gave a crap, uh, or at least the people we dealt with. And I was like, man, the one thing I need, I think, um, what's Tom Mullins? That name ring a bell? Ring a bell? Yeah. Um, he was guest speaking at Church on the Move on a first Wednesday night, and he preached a message of getting behind a champion. I was like, okay, I, I need to go talk to Andrew about this idea. And um, I, yeah, I again, anxious and nervous. Told him, told him about it. And he said, dude, this doesn't suck. You, you need to do it. Uh, <laughs> I was like, good, because I just bought the domain <laughs> that week. <laughs> so nice. Yeah, I, I just needed the encouragement from a friend, a mentor, somebody who's been around the block, also had some bad experiences with some stuff. And that, so anyway, that was the, that was the start of it. Um, and I knew I didn't want to be this overnight success. Like, I, you know, I, I didn't want to find a million dollar investor and then just be under their thumb. Um, I needed to find the right people that believed in this, believed um, my heart and my vision for it. Um, and the the big thing behind it was I want people to like the selection. Yeah, like what we got. That's great. But love the process because at the time you could not go anywhere and just click 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 check out and you're done um because i looked there were a few that were trying to do it uh and then they fell off the planet uh there was a mike-rentals.com and as soon as we asked him about uh um his system and buying stuff it's like within a month he was gone it was just kind of odd but um, wow. Yeah. Anyway, and the last, the, the like it, love it, rock it is our kind of our, our slogan is just to rock your performance. We just don't want to be part. There's enough stress involved with pulling off. It's usually the creative team, the one that comes up with the, the thought and the idea behind, hey, we're going to do this event and we want, we want people throwing mics to each other in the air and all this other crazy, it's just crazy stuff. Yeah. Or we want a choir of 120 people, all, you know. Um, it's and you, most of us don't have all that gear to just pass out. Um, so I, I just wanted to be part of the problem. I'm part of the solution and not the problem. Um, just to be for guys to be able who can't usually say yes to that or and but want to now they they can or at least show the option like, hey, we can, this is what it's going to be. Um, so anyway, and I felt we were more accessible. I know a lot of um. A lot of the larger rental companies, they're slightly hesitant. Um, there's a lot more paperwork to go through if you're a, if you're a church, um, you know, insurance and all this other stuff. And I just really wanted to be easily accessible, uh, specifically to church production first. So, Mike Rentals, even though it's been used by not just churches but individuals and other production companies, it's specifically catered to the dudes, and girls, and in. Uh, in the church production world, like so, our our selection just kind of gets yeah sure we throw things in there we think are cool that people might want to try, but the majority of it is based upon what people kept 
kept requesting, you know, so that's awesome. And it continues to evolve. One of the things that I always loved about your model was, especially for churches who maybe want to try a capsule or experiment with a microphone, to be the whole sort of, I don't know, try before you buy kind of thing. It's like, okay, let me rent this for a few weeks, see if it works before we make a purchasing decision. I mean, I think just having that, um, having the church folks in mind is such a fundamental part of what you've done that it's it, it's always been exciting for me to kind of send people to you and to refer the company for people, in it, whether it's, hey, we need to rent some extra RF for Christmas and Easter or a big conference or to do the whole you know, bucket of capsules thing that you guys have kind of become famous for. It's like any of that stuff, I just, I'm all about it. So it's, it's really fun to be a part of. We have this slogan that uh, I came up with, and it's, of course, Lee was the one who first said bucket of capsules on a podcast. I was like, that's great. <laughs> so like, I think it's a category. It says bucket of capsules on our website, and that's because of Lee. And, <laughs> Instead of bucket of Coronas, it, it's bucket yeah, of capsules. Yeah. And it's... It, <laughs> It's it's crazy because it was like I remember that first shootout. It, I was buying every single capsule Lee was asking for. Just, just, were you really? Yes. yes. That dude. That's a, thank you, and I'm sorry. <laughs> My partners were just like, um, "Is he going to buy this stuff?" I was like, "Sure." <laughs> and and all respect to them. They're I I, I love them because they 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 um. Uh, they're my 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 counsel, and I need it. Um, because otherwise I would buy, keep, I just buy whatever mic that people were asking for all the time. But you you're yeah. you know I was just like, man, this is going to be a really cool thing. Now we have eighteen different capsules. Wow, wow, eighteen, yeah. So that's so this thing I came up with was shoot out before you loot out. That's something I've I've after that I was just like it's perfect because it is. Well, we're about to do the same thing again with snare bottom yeah. mics for me. <laughs> I, I'm okay. So Mojave used to make small diaphragm oh. condensers, and they stopped. They only have large diaphragm now. So the the MA100 and the MA101 are discontinued. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. And they were both really, really good microphones. They're we so good. Love so and good. recommended. Yeah. You can rent them from Steven at MikeRentals.com, <laughs> but you cannot buy them new anymore, anywhere. They're, no one has any stock of these new. So like, if you, you can find them on Reverb, if you can beat Steven <laughs> to buying them, you can, you, you, can, you can find them there. But a lot of people ask, like, hey, what do you like on snare bottom? Now, it's an expensive microphone, okay? It's, I don't know, what are they, five or 600 bucks for a, a snare bottom mic? That's yeah, for just a single? Cheap. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted some other options of small diaphragm condensers that are really bright because that microphone has this shimmery thing like above 10K that I just love. So I posted in our Facebook group, hey, what are some microphones that people like? Small diaphragm, a pencil <laughs> condenser with some top end on it. I shut it down at 50 something <laughs> comments like a couple hours in and there's all this stuff and some really good recommendations. Mm. So there were some pretty good ones. So... Um, I even had manufacturers slide into my DMs. They're like, hey, we're sending you this, we're sending you that. I had a, a rental house in Orlando is sending me like seven of the mics that were mentioned on there. 
But there was one, I, somebody did mention it, the Josephson mic, which you and I have been talking about this Josephson mic for how long? Uh, 2017 is the first time you threw it on my radar. And I reached yeah. out to them and I was just like, okay, they don't get it. You know, <laughs> they're a very boutique company yeah. in Santa Cruz, California. Right. It, it, they're very good at what they do, but I don't think they really care about us or like what we do. Nope. So, um, but that microphone is famous for taping it with a 57 on the top. It was an old studio trick from the 80s and 90s. And I wanted to try that. Well, now we're going to try it on the snare bottom because I sent you a link to a reverb listing last week. And I was like, hey, here's one. And a second later, you're like, I bought it. <laughs> Oops. And then today, this morning, I get a picture. You were holding the microphone. I'm like, yes, we got it. This is it. He's got it there right it now. Is. There it is. <laughs> Steven, you got you to stop listening to Lee. That's all I'm saying. You're going to get yourself in trouble. I know. I was, um, I was listening to it uh, while I was waiting for you guys. And man... It's funny. Sometimes, um, the only thing we get, we we have sometimes is our voices to listen stuff. To, uh, you know, as far as checking things and whatnot. And um, uh, you know, I was like, man, if that sounded that good on my voice, it sounds kind of like one of these, but a little bit more responsive in the high end. I think you're gonna really more. You just pointed at your Earthworks icon, yeah, and it's very responsive in the high end. It's yeah. very bright. Yeah, this I I felt I'm running it through the same pre of Focusrite Scarlet with you know with the little air light on, <laughs> and they're yeah I set them about this anyway. I was listening to them and I felt like there was a little bit more. It, it might be because I stuck a um, a different windscreen in here to prevent the the plosives. I took the stock one out just to help out a little bit. Uh, very cool. Look Maybe. at you all customizing microphones. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to have some fun with all that. I have a question. I just have an R&D question for you. Mm -hmm. What are you seeing trend-wise with churches? What are they renting? Are they renting utility stuff like, I need more wireless for this kids program or choir? Or are they trying microphones out to just shoot them out, essentially? Or like, what are you seeing people do? Well, the wireless stuff tends to be seasonal. Christmas, Easter, a um, little bit sometimes around mother's day um uh the same thing with the the 4099s the dpa you know 4099s those are again way more you know way more seasonal um but recently it's been um people trying to get their headsets right or their pastors the senior pastor's mic right um mm. well good they should be yeah and so that's great before how the heck could you do that Buy an right. $800 yeah. headset. Oh, that doesn't work. Buy another $800 headset. That doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, because you can't return them. No, no. Um, and so I remember in 2017, <laughs> okay, when we first launched the site, I guess I put the wrong email address in to tell us where the orders are going. And we're sitting there at a meeting. And then a guy was like, hey, I was just curious if you got my order. <laughs> and it was for a couple of DPAs and we didn't own any <laughs> so, oh, wow i'm buying them from sweetwater it's one of those fake it till you make it <laughs> moments i'm buying them from sweet we didn't have any relationship with dpa yet that was 2016 so we only had two maybe four by the end of that year uh i have a husky cabinet that's has about 60 in a, of them in it now 60 60 six zero yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> that's so, awesome. That's insane. I know. Okay, it's so, so speaking of that, what's your favorite microphone for a headset? Um, if you if your if your PA is is friendly enough to have an Omni around it, I really like the sixty sixty six. It just looks it looks great. It practically disappears if if yeah. you match the color right. That um, super slim line. Really, I mean, it it's almost invisible. Yeah. So, like, um, I think we recommended that for Mike Todd at Transformation, and he's got usually a, a, a low-cut beard, and it's, like, gone. You don't even see it, you know? Um, and I, COTM is gradually switching some of their H6s over to that. Uh, yeah, again. And the, it's the way also that they – I love the comfort. The, their headsets both – it's rigid, but it's not like super rigid. So I felt like they did a really good job, um, you know, when they came yeah, out. Because the that. comfort is what I think is more important than the way it sounds. Uh, yeah. Because if your pastor puts it on or speaker, anyone, and it's not comfortable, mm-hmm. they're and they're thinking about it the whole time. It. Yep. Yeah. And the talk could be bad. Mm-hmm. They could be throwing them off, you know? So it's like, okay, try this on. Do you like the way this fits? Okay. Now let's go listen to how it sounds. What we do a lot when it comes to those, we we tell them, okay, hey, um, if try get a an Omni, so want something with a sixty six capsule and a, a you know like a forty sixty six, which is the rigid headset, but then try a forty two eighty eight. If they don't, if they like the comfort of the forty two eighty eight, but you need the pickup pattern of the sixty six, you prefer that, then great. 4266. That's your that's what you should do. You don't have to rent all four to try that out. You can do that with just yeah, two. Yeah, that's smart. That's great. Yeah. And so that's kind of a, a a way to approach that. Well, one of the big reasons we wanted to have you on today was to talk about how we're going to partner with mikerentals.com as always for all of our live events. And we're doing that as well for the tour that's coming up in the fall. So, Lee, you want to talk about the uh, big idea for the day and how people need to get on board? Yeah. Um, You know, how many times have we joked about not having podcast sponsors? You know, I want to be like, this podcast is brought to you by Traeger Grills. And then we talk (laughs) about them for a minute. And at the end, we say, use code MXU10 for 10% off your Traeger Grill. Or let's say we want to buy a dozen or eight dozen Titleist golf balls. Right. You could say this episode is brought to you by Titleist. So Jeff can have eight dozen free golf balls. We don't ever do that, though. We don't ever have a partner who's willing to go there. No. Until today. But now, (laughs) if you want to rent a Josephson microphone, a Mojave microphone, a bucket of capsules, you can go to MikeReynolds.com, and at checkout, what do they enter, Stephen? MXU15. And what does that get? Nothing. No, it gets them 15% <laughs> off. <laughs> it gets them 15, yeah, 15% off, uh, yeah, 15% off their rental. And as always, at MikeReynolds.com, the, if you um, rent within a three-day period, it's uh, uh Shipping is always is always free unless your hair is on fire. So that's another. So in the pricing, you're not waiting for a shipping line or anything like that. I mean, we're in the days of Prime where no one's paying for shipping anymore. So, yeah, again, unless you need it yesterday, then you know you're not paying for it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm super excited about this because now when we talk about microphones all the time, we can tell people 
hey, we just talked about this Neumann capsule. Yes, it's $900. I know that's expensive and that's a big plunge to take. But if you want to rent it for a day, you can go to MikeReynolds.com. Use code MXU15 for 15% off your order. And I have to also mention, they can if they mention that code when requesting what we call a custom rental, so anything in the wire, so wireless uh, and in-ears, that part still has to have somebody touch it, you know, instead of just going through the website because, um, you know, it, there's yeah. a lot of details involved. You know, it's not right. a cookie-cutter thing. Um, but, but we want to still honor that. So if they do any request, uh, fill out um, an online request form for either in-ears or um, uh, or wireless mics or anything like that, they can still put the MXU15 code there and we'll honor that. Happy to. That's awesome. Yep. That is awesome. Thank you for doing that. You know, saving church's money is what we like to do. So mm-hmm. thank you very much for doing that. And then you're coming on tour with us too this fall. Yeah, I really enjoy the dates you picked. Uh, it's right after my anniversary, my 15th anniversary, and right the next day when I get back is my wife's birthday. So thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. you know, a lot of this started when she was having twins. And so we just felt like it was kind of important to keep the trend going of, you know, big events for your company and our relationship should happen around important life events so just trying to be a blessing but here's the deal man i gotta give you some advice okay you've been married longer than me and you for sure got more kids than me you got more kids than your average soccer team well and that's this is where i'm going with that so you know we're gonna be on tour for three weeks you're gonna be away from home a while you got your anniversary on one end you got her birthday on the other Steven, you got too many kids already. Take it easy on her, okay? <laughs> oh, we are wireless <laughs> right now, there. so that's all good. <laughs> well, on that note, I'm really not sure what else to say, so I think we need to say goodnight, um, and we'll uh, see if that makes it into the final edit. I think it should. It will. You know. It will. Oh, man. <laughs> that's hilarious. Steven, thanks for coming on. <laughs> And uh, people, go to MikeReynolds.com. Check out what he's doing. He loves the church. Great guy. Great family. Absolutely. Great kids. Maybe there's more on the way. We'll know in <laughs> about a year from now or so. Anyway. As Thanks, always, Steve, thank you so much. Yeah, love you guys a lot. Well, that was awesome. I love Steven, and I love the heart behind what they're doing. And such a great company. I love anytime we get to celebrate their success because... They're filling such an important need for the church and for the rest of the industry, really. No, totally. He's been with us from the beginning. Freaking love that guy. Yeah. He called me the other day. We were talking about some tour stuff. Well, we were supposed to talk about tour stuff. We talked for like an hour about childhood homes we grew up in and like old cars and just That's awesome. shot the crap for an hour. It was awesome. awesome. He's such a good dude. Cool. All right. Well, what else do we need to let the good people know? Well, the tour, um, all the VIP, sorry, all the after parties are almost sold out. There's a few tickets left for a couple cities. Get your tickets for those. Early bird pricing is going to end in about six weeks. So end of May, early bird is gone forever. So go get those. And then MXU Now, library is always growing. Um, Drop some more videos on CL5. I'm shooting content for the Behringer Wing next week. Well, that'll be exciting. Yeah. So that'll be coming up in the next little bit. Well, and we got we got communication from um, 
one of our editors this morning talking about how much they are trying to just get all the stuff we have recorded out yep. as quickly as possible. So there's going to yep. be a ton of new content coming in the coming weeks. And some of the features that we've promised for MXU teams are going to be active within the next week or so. And we're really excited about that. We're seeing testing of different things right now. So yeah. pretty so exciting stuff. It's, so all it's, you tech directors, yeah, sign your teams up for teams. Absolutely. And it's going to get real fun real quick here. Um, yeah. What else is happening? Oh, we're going to DMB next month to shoot content on system tuning, PA design. A lot of people have been asking for that. So that's yes. coming. And the world's best at DMB are going to help make that happen for us. So we're excited about we're that. Super excited. Yeah. So thanks for joining us today. And thanks for all your support. And we're just grateful to be a part of all of this with all of you. So until next time, we will see you next time. All right. Peace out. See ya.